Welcome to the Pastors Podcast. Pastor Scott here with Pastor Brian. Hey. And Andy. Hello. Our Sunday morning... I always get it wrong. <laughs> Sunday morning director, Sunday you, services you director. Me. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. But, uh, well, th- th- I think that's part of the problem is uh, whenever we, whenever we hire someone, really about once a year, we rework titles and things yeah. like that. And so I've got like eight in my head, and we just don't think of each other that way. We're yeah. friends. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Andy, that guy, that guy over there, <laughs> Sunday services director. Yes. That's right. Um, and super thankful for for you, Andy, for the work you've been doing, even just over the last few months. It's been exciting to see the the development there. And um, I want to talk a little bit about Holy Week. It's Holy Week. It's Holy Week. It is. Um, are, as Protestants, are we allowed to call it that? Yes. Okay. Decidedly. Should we call it that? I say yes. Okay. I think so. Okay. It's just a kind of historically accurate way of talking about the week. The week. All right. Yeah. All right. I think we're good. I'm, we're just, I'm, I'm just, just asking the question everybody's wondering, Brian. Scott's out That's there all I'm doing. fighting Twitter wars right. and with weird denominations. <laughs> uh, my, my brain works so much better the less I'm on Twitter. Like there's like an inverse reaction. <laughs> I agree. You know, I agree. You know what you should give up at whatever you gave up for Lent? You know what you should give up <laughs> after Lent? Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, gave, I gave up Twitter before it was cool. <laughs> before it was cool to <laughs> yeah. give up Twitter. I love that. Um, all right. So as we think about our celebration of Holy Week, I want to, um, I do want to ask both of your thoughts just on um, how this, how this celebration is shaped in your own hearts, how we as a church family can um, think about and celebrate this in a way that that really brings out and identifies the just the the unique opportunity this season once a year is. Um, but before we do that, this year we are adding a service. So we normally have our Easter Sunday service. We've traditionally had our Good Friday service and. This year we are adding a Maundy Thursday service, a Maundy Maundy Thursday Maundy service, um, which I think begs the question, Brian. <laughs> Dude, every time, <laughs> I think raises the question. Scott, me raises to the question. Ask the question. <laughs> what's Maundy Thursday? And is it on Monday? Yeah, and what's <laughs> yeah? What's with the name? What's with the 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 seemingly English in English confusing name? That is definitely. How I think my kids heard it for like Monday, Thursday. Monday, th- yeah. What in the world is that? What is that? How do you have both those things? Yeah. Monday, Thursday is uh, the Thursday of Holy Week. It's, it's the, the Thursday in which Jesus uh, washed disciples' feet and uh, was in the upper room with them, celebrated uh, the Lord's Supper for the first time, mm. um, and the night of the Mount of Olives, uh, and when he spoke to them and prayed to the Father um, for him and on their behalf. The night of Gethsemane in many ways. Like, so a lot, a lot happened um, on Maundy Thursday. <laughs> it's called Maundy Thursday from Latin. So hmm. Latin mandate, I believe that that's the Latin word, uh, means mandate. And so if you read uh, John 13, where Jesus washes the disciples' feet, you've got him giving the commandment, you know, love one another as I have loved you. Um, and so that's like, when in First John, it talks about the new commandment that was given. Hmm. Um, and Jesus there says, you know, a new commandment I give to you. Um, and so it's the commandment mandate Monday, Thursday. Mm. So it's like a, something that was picked out at some point. I don't know the history there, um, mm. but that was picked out somewhere in the tradition. 
mm-hmm. to focus on as something very important about that particular night. And is it in that sense, is it traditionally, has it traditionally been a celebration of kind of everything that night or particularly with a particular focus on the mandate? On the, on I the don't know a lot of that, you know, the actual specific tradition, um, like liturgically, mm-hmm. I know that lots of different um, like denominations or different ways of celebrating it have included um, things like like foot washing sometimes mm-hmm. or, or things like that. Like lots of stuff happened that night. Mainly it's focused around the Lord's Supper because mm. that, that was the first institution of the Lord's Supper is that night. And that seems to be the thing that um, mm. stands out the most, mm. uh, especially since we celebrate that as Christians, not just on Monday, Thursday, yeah. uh, but throughout the year, that yeah. institution and how it looks forward to his death um, for our sins is, is something that has mainly been focused on. <clears throat> cool. So a- Andy, I mean, this is one of the things that I, I, I mean, I remember months ago hearing mm-hmm. kind of first from you about just your desire to do a celebration on a service on Monday, Thursday. What, why was this, why was this compelling to you to kind of add to the Holy week calendar? Um, well, I had done it at a, at a, at a previous church where I was serving and it seemed to work really well. Hmm. And uh, there was a desire for a choir to be um, started, uh, or at least the beginnings of one here. Uh, and people have expressed that to me. So in, my, in, a, in a former job, I uh, decided to use the choir to, um, to lead worship in the Monday Thursday service. Hmm. And I had the, uh, the band lead the Good Friday service. So it, uh, it just kind of made sense. And I thought, hey, this would be a really good opportunity to, uh, to start this up. And Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, um, uh, as I'm sure we might talk about later, just really mean a lot to me during Holy Week and helped mm-hmm. me to um, really prepare for, for Sunday, the celebration of, mm-hmm. of the resurrection. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that is really compelling to me about it is I, I think sometimes without these reminders, even in, if Holy Week isn't Holy Week, but it's just Easter, kind of Easter like jumps up out of nowhere and you're like, Oh, okay, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're celebrating. Like this is, this is cool. Um, but as we draw these, um, these lines and these moments throughout the week leading up, it, it really helps, uh, it helps me to focus, to think more deeply, think more about the reality of what happened, mm-hmm. um, about the significance of that night, the significance of Good Friday, and therefore, the uh, even greater significance of, of Easter as well. So I'm 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 really thankful for it. Really ex- excited for it. Um, what? So you mentioned the choir. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the deal with the choir? So pe- people <clears throat> have heard like we're going to be having a choir on Monday Thursday. What? Yeah. What's you know kind of in in what form are we going to be just like singing uh, hymns? Are we going to be doing some you know. Or more contemporary songs, but just the choir is going to be doing it, not the band. Like, how, what, what is this? Yeah. So What's glad, the deal? I'm so glad. I'm so glad choir? you asked. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Um, so we're going to be doing something called Tizé music. And Tizé is a, a worship tradition from Burgundy, France, uh, where I hear they also make wine. Mm. Jesus' first miracle. And um, <laughs> connect uh, all the dots. It's uh, yeah. Footnote. <laughs> and, that was almost um, Jose level. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus. That was great. Uh, yeah. Today, music is is um, sort of short, short contemplative uh, phrases set to very simple music, and hmm. it's meant to be repeated over and over again. Um, and the choir will be singing that. And uh, the idea is that <clears throat> either you can sit in silence in prayer 
and let the music sort of wash over you because of its simple beauty. Um, or you can participate in the service. If you pick up on the text on, in, on the lyrics, you can sing along with the choir. There will be sheets um, with, um, with the words on them for us uh, at Monday Thursday uh, so that everyone can either read along or sing along or just uh, enjoy the music. And so, mm. and the point is to, to just um, be present in that moment uh, and think about um, uh, the, the time of the upper room and the, mm. the Last Supper and to just prepare your heart um, for Good Friday and uh, ultimately uh, Easter. One, of the, one thing, uh, I have a little blurb here that there I could go. read about uh, Tazay music that I think is, is well written. Nothing is more conducive to a common, excuse me, to a communion with the living God than a meditative common prayer with, at its high point, singing that never ends and that continues in the silence of one's heart when one is alone again. When the mystery of God becomes tangible through the simple beauty of symbols, when it is not smothered by too many words, then a common prayer, far from exuding monotony and boredom, awakens us to heaven's joy on earth. Mm. And so that kind of encapsulates the the simplicity of it. And um, it's why I think it's so accessible um, to people who may have never experienced it before. Uh, And also it was a way that the choir could learn uh, this music kind of quickly, uh, since we don't have an established choir mm-hmm. here, it was a way that I could um, sort of introduce choral singing uh, in a in a way that I knew was would would be easily uh, grasped onto by people, even if they haven't sung in a choir in a long time. Yeah, I I'm really I'm really excited about this. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it um, as we think about both the prayer and meditation that happens just as we read our Bibles throughout the week as we consider and listen to things as we listen to music. Um, Good Friday has always been in a sense, a contemplative service for us. It's a, one of the more contemplative things we do through just simply a focus on the reading. Um, But music is ushers us in to that in such a um, accessible is a great word, like accessible way. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. I think it's going to be really, really helpful. Uh, Brian, when you think about kind of just adding to and extending the contemplative nature of our Holy Week celebration, why why is that compelling to you? I think um, we're not from like a, a culture or tradition that does this kind of thing. And so I think we start kind of pretty deep in the red when we think about things yeah. like liturgy and tradition and the power of those things. I do, I do think it's funny what you read, Andy, like I think that there is a significant way that our default reaction to tradition is monotony, being in a rut, boredom, um, things that are only external and not internal. And whether we, you know, consciously do that or not, I think it's kind of in the water, you know, that we swim in um, culturally. And so the more we can fight to institute like traditions and contemplation about things that happen like yearly and Mm -hmm. contemplation about things that happened not right now, but thousands of years ago, I think the more we're going to find that those default reactions weren't quite right. Mm -hmm. That things can become monotonous. Things can, you know, get put in a rut and things can get very just formalistic. Um, But that's not in the nature of these sorts of things. Um, and so the more contemplation you have on something that happened a few thousand years ago, uh, the more opportunity you have for celebration, for deepening, for a kind of 
um, kind of formation of soul, um, a mm. kind of something that reaches in deeper than uh, event or action mm. and tries to touch down in, in a deeper way in you. Um, it's not pragmatic in that way. And it's not uh, something where you're like, oh, that's super efficient. Like mm-hmm. I see how much mm-hmm. is produced by that. Mm. Um, but when all you're doing is kind of running through a world that measures everything based on efficiency and productivity, um, even spiritual things all the time, you end up being very efficient and productive, but not not touched in your soul um, as often as maybe someone who lived a long time ago and who went through these same motions with a lot of reverence mm. and a lot of attention, um, both to God and to ourselves and our souls in the process. Mm. So just, I mean, yeah, the idea of adding one more service, I mean, there's logistics there. It's like, okay, well, we got to figure that out and, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> unlock the doors, do these different <laughs> things, yeah. you know, but I, I think the more we can do this sort of a thing, the better we all are, um, as, as a church community. Mm. So mm. there's more we could say there, but that's, that's, that's my first step. No, that's, it's rich. It's part of why I'm, I feel like in a lot of ways, not just like practically this week, but overall, I feel like my soul needs that, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a way in which, um, we just naturally uh, bend in other directions and there's, yeah, there's so much there. Uh, I think also in, in today's age, we, we consume a lot of things in like 60 second clips. Mm. Um, and I, it's important, I think, to take time to pause and to experience Selah and to just uh, be in the space uh, with other Christians and um, to be in God's house and just to think about those things. On, in, in my opinion, Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday uh, and, and Easter are meant to be experienced together. Um, and and so one leads to the next, and then one leads to the next, and um, it it's something that I think uh, is a complete package. So if, I mean, if you can this week, if, if you're listening now, if you can this week and you were thinking, maybe I'll just go to one and then Sunday, try really hard if you can um, to, to come to both Thursday and Friday in addition to Sunday. I think, I think it will be really enriching. Hmm. Appreciate that. So <clears throat> B, what, what do you think is the significance of the annual nature of this celebration, right? Like we, in a sense, we rehearse the gospel every week. In a sense, we're called to rehearse the gospel and remind ourselves of the gospel and Jesus' death and resurrection every day. Um, What's the significance to the annual nature of this celebration? Why, Why do it yearly? I mean, there is a sense in which every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday, right? That, like that's that's true, and there are some places that emphasize that more than others. And in some ways, it'll be like, well, that's why we don't really do much for Easter, is because we want every Sunday to be Easter Sunday. And I totally get that. And I think that there's there's ways that um, you want to assert, like we celebrate uh, our services on Sundays because of the resurrection on a Sunday. So mm-hmm. every Sunday is supposed to be like an Easter Sunday in that sense. At the same time, um, again, we live in a place where we kind of mark time for some reason or other based on the school calendar. Like, I don't know what that is yeah. or why full on yeah. adults that don't have kids, like think of summer as summer still, or like, like but, it, but it's, it, it's not just kids. It's don't not, take yeah. away my joy, yeah. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there is something about like, we, you know, fall is when things speed up, you know, uh, the holidays is crazy time around Christmas. Um, spring is when things get warmer and like summer's, like there's this way in which the, just the only way you mark time is in LA, there's no real change in seasons necessarily. <laughs> you mark time based on kind of the school's cal- calendar and the Super Bowl and like random other things. Yeah. 
Um, and that isn't just a neutral thing. Like the way you mark time isn't just something you happen to do. It, it by marking time that way, you actually teach yourself something. Like the way you when you you have a, almost a spiritual or a psychological muscle memory that you build into yourself when you mark time a certain way. And so it isn't just something you're doing. It's something that's being done to you as you participate in that. And it does teach you that time is basically just about whatever's going on around me right now. Mm. Um, and so, you know, right now things are ramping up right now. Things are slowing down because of these holidays. I got to buy gifts or whatever. I got to go home. I got to see, see family, you know, whatever it is, yeah. There's a million different things that go on, but it's really like, this is what time is about. This is what life is about is about marking time based on this year, the next year. Um, and, and the way that that kind of keeps on going, if you begin to mark time the way that some Christians have historically, you don't mark time based on what's going on right now. You mark right now based on what happened essentially in the life of Christ in the church. Hmm. And so the new year starts not on January 1st when we sort of say goodbye to the past and welcome into the present. New year starts essentially in Advent hmm. um, as we look forward to and wait for the coming of Christ. And then Christmas This actually the 12 days of Christmas, which is really hard to sell in America <laughs> right now. But like Christmas was a start on December 25th and end 12 days later. And there's goose laying eggs and stuff, apparently. <laughs> but but like it's supposed to be this this time of appreciation and celebration of the actual coming of Christ. Mm. And then you move on and there's epiphany, which is this uh, time of recognizing both kind of simultaneously Christ becoming recognized in the world and uh, the gospel going out into all the world. So this weird kind of duality between like the gospel stories and the book of Acts and, and the ways that that is continuing today. And then, the, I mean, we, we keep going, this Lent, which is what we're in now. Um, and after Lent, as we look forward to uh, the crucifixion and kind of mourn and get ourselves ready in preparation for that <laughs> and deal with our sin and, um, you know, repent for the kingdom of heaven's at hand, you have this whole pregnant Holy Week in the middle, or not the middle of that, but like towards the end of that, um, that has Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. And then Easter Sunday. After that, you have Pentecost at the coming of the Spirit. Like basically, there's a way of marking time that is keyed off of the life of Jesus, and it maps what God has done in the world um, through His Son by the Spirit onto our lives now mm. in a way that's not about what's going on around me immediately, but it's about how what's going on around me immediately is lived in light of a larger story. Mm. And that teaches you something, and that forms your soul in a certain way, and mm. that like informs you. So to me there's a lot of good things that come from marking time based on like every year based on how that year fits into a larger story that looks back before creation in redemptive history and forward uh, into the new heavens, and the new earth. Mm. I think that's so helpful. I think particularly as, as people that are oftentimes, uh, as you mentioned, not familiar with marking time that way, not familiar with tradition with some of these things that even just starting at the existence of Holy week, uh, just so, as we celebrate really even more poignantly Advent, um, this week provides such a unique opportunity to, regardless of what else is going on, say this is the time because of what Christ has done that we together as the church um, celebrate this in this way. And a lot of people don't know that these other, I, I don't know what you'd call them, feast days or, or uh, mm-hmm. that, that they exist or that they happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Right. Most of the world has no idea, let alone Easter and Christmas twice a year. So I think yeah. it's another opportunity to, um, you know, help uh, help people understand what's going on this week. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the I think this is the best kind of like the entryway in because um, what I just said, <laughs> I kind of went through like the whole church year yeah. really quick, not all of most of it. And that can sound really intimidating and just like really foreign. Like, how do I even begin to do that? 
uh, and how, how this the barrier to entry can feel so high. Like, okay, so how do I do that? And then once I figure out how to do that, maybe I'll see some benefits from it as I get into this totally alien way of marking time. I think Holy Week is a great entry point um, because what you begin to see is like, so my history with Easter, most of my Christian life, Easter, would I would wake up on Sunday and I would remember A, that it was Sunday <laughs> and B, that it was Easter. And I was like, cool, Easter. And you go to a church service and it was basically just like a church service with some extra like Bing, pow, you know, like, yeah. like some extra, some extra trump- pizzazz. Some yeah. trumpets and trumpets. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, it's cool. It's like, it's like Easter, you know, turned up, or Sunday turned up to 11 because it's Easter. And that's, that's okay. There's nothing like wrong. Like I wasn't like in sin doing that. Nothing wrong with that. But now as I'm older and as we do these, these liturgical things, we, as we commemorate Holy Week more, I go to Maundy Thursday and I enter in to the last night of Jesus's life with the disciples and I kind of keep watch with, with them, with him. I mm. hear what he says, and I, I, in a sense, I place myself into his story as one of his disciples just later on. Mm. And in that, I'm hearing those words in a different way. And then Friday, there's, there is a, a watching and entering in of the crucifixion, um, which isn't just a service thing, by the way. That can be something you do on your... I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's individual as well, but the services really help with that, and such that... I'm not confused on what's what's going on Saturday. Like I wake up Saturday and Saturday is the day after the death of Christ. Mm. And I enter into that now because I'm queued up for it. It's not this like, let's screw up my 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 mind and make sure I remember that it's Holy Saturday. I'm already present in it such that Easter morning, I'm not remembering it's Sunday. I'm not remembering it's Easter. I'm looking for Easter. Like I'm mm. looking for a celebration on Sunday because I'm looking for a resurrection because of Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Mm. It's just a different experience than going to a service with a little more pizzazz. It's like, no, this is Easter now. I mm-hmm. needed this. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. if you begin to see, if you enter into that, then you begin to see how marking more of your year that way or entering into more of the storyline of scripture as it intersects with your life becomes something that gives you that same kind of resonance and relevance and kind of internal uh, access to things that see, can seem so far away or removed from your everyday life. Hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think it's really helpful. I think it's really helpful to think through it, not just the significance of Easter, but even the significance of this this whole week and how it um, both shapes our experience, but also through that experience shapes our hearts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, brings us to a, a, a deeper understanding, just to, to know God more clearly mm-hmm. in and through it. Um, so with that, any any last thoughts or encouragements as people um, celebrate and uh, remember and, and consider this week? Um, for me, Holy Week is so important uh, as in my um, in my journey as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't realize it until a couple of years ago when I when I finally did these services back to back. I hadn't done them before, except for um, I don't know seven, ten maybe years ago. At this point. And until I experienced those services, I, I had no idea that I needed to go through those enormous, uncomfortable emotions mm. of going through Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, and then Holy Saturday. And uh, it made it made it illuminated so many things and allowed me to have space to experience those emotions that sometimes we just don't want to experience negative, uncomfortable emotions. Um, uh, are part of the human experience. Mm. And I think 
trying to uh, in some way uh, feel a fraction of what um, Jesus went through during that time and to commemorate in a way what happened. It only makes uh, Sunday, uh, like Brian was saying, that much more meaningful. Mm. And in, in, instead of just, oh, yes, it's Easter Sunday and we, we get to have ham and deviled eggs. <laughs> Um, it, it becomes something that is so much more rich and something that I look forward to every year mm. because of that. And it's not just a passing of time, yeah. like Brian was saying. It's it's something that is so incredibly deep for me. And and uh, I don't know if I could ever experience a Holy Week without those two services before mm. before uh, Sunday. Mm. Mm. I appreciate that. Yeah. So in in that in that vein, I think you know if you're listening, um, there's a there's definitely a group of people I think in the church who, you know, if I was you, I'd, I would probably have normally approached Holy Week like, yeah, like, I'll pick one of those services and I'll go and I'll go to, and I'll go to Easter Sunday. Um, and I'm doing that mainly because I just feel kind of busy, you know, like it, Thursday's like a big day. Somebody else gets, or like maybe Friday's like a long day, presentation yeah. at work, whatever. Um, and so for, for you, I want to say like, I get it and I'm not looking to like pile onto your plate, but I do think it's worth, it's worth uh, come, it's worth trying to make this happen mm-hmm. to enter into this with us. There's also a lot of people who aren't just like, you know, Oh yeah, it just seems like a lot to do in one week. They just can't like, you can't, mm-hmm. you, you have something you can't get out of. You have kids, so you can't come to both of these. You have to pick one, you know, mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. Um, and I just kind of want to tell you, you're not left out. Like, like yeah. you just cause you can't come to the service doesn't mean you're not participating in this with us in some way. And while we'd mm-hmm. love to have you there and think there's something to be had at the services, there's a way that you can, along with your church family, be walking with us through Holy Week just by reading some of the scriptures from those nights. You know, mm-hmm. read John 13, 14, 15, you know, re- uh, on Thursday, you know, read the crucifixion account on Friday. Listen to it when you're scrambling, you know, to like find time in between yeah. all the, the things that you have to do that day because you're just swamped for whatever reason. Um, even if you can't come to the services, join in with us so that you too come Sunday, like, I needed this. Like, this is exactly, I want to come and celebrate on mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, this is available to all of us, not just those that can make it to the service. Mm-hmm. We, we also hope that if you have a community group on, on Thursday specifically, that maybe you yeah. organize together and say, hey, let's go to the service uh, mm-hmm. as a community group together. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you guys so much for the, but both for the time today for and sure. also for just the work you've put into to shaping this for us where I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited to see Me too. How, uh, how the Lord uses it both in our lives and in the life of the church. And so, and thanks for listening. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. We're excited to celebrate with you um, to whatever extent you can this week. And so we hope to see you on Sunday and Friday and Thursday. Thursday. <laughs>